Did you know? School Sport Victoria offers 650,000 sporting opportunities in 31 different sports. At 10,700 events across the state every single year. That's a lot of kids playing sport. And for over 25 years, the Victorian School Sports Awards have recognised more than 1,500 students, teachers and volunteers for excellence and outstanding contribution to school sport. Now that's a champion effort. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's footy finals and what a show we have in store for you today. It's footy finals and today's all about Australian rules football. Welcome to everyone out there, students, families, parents, teachers. We welcome you today to the Ask SSV show and thank you very much for joining us on what is a pretty cold and miserable Friday afternoon here in Melbourne. Special welcome to all of you out there at St Thomas the Apostle in Blackburn. We know a lot of you are watching. We've got a huge, huge show for you today. Um, we've had a record amount of questions come our way uh, for, the, for the guests that we've got on today. So thank you for all your interest and we trust you're all staying well in amongst these times. Let's get to the man himself. We are very appreciative that we've got his time today and uh, I'll tell you what, he's got a bumper resume and I'm going to take you through it right now. But he's the current coach of our team for 15 years of under Australian football team. Now, for those of you who don't know, he's been at the helm for over a decade, all the way back since 2009. And under his belt, he's got eight, and that's right, that's eight championship titles with the gold medal. He's coached on, he's coached many who have gone to play on um, and play AFL. And we at Team Vic are extremely proud and lucky to have this man in our ranks. He's got vast coaching experience at Scoresby Footy Club in the TAC Cup, working with the Eastern Rangers, with Sandringham and the Oakley Chargers, but he's currently, uh, his main position at the moment, is the VFLW head coach of the Western Bulldogs. And on top of that, guys, if you don't believe he's busy enough, his day job's at St Thomas the Apostle, and as I said, hello to all of you out there. He's a student and wellbeing leader, the PE and sport coordinator, and a 5-6 teacher in his own right. He's also the district coordinator at SSV, and last year in 2019, he cleaned up at the SSV Awards. He had the 2019 team of the year and coach of the year and his coaching staff as well for those of you listening um were highly recognized now guys in a time where footy's at the front of everyone's minds and fans in victoria are all watching what's happening up there with envy it's great to have sean on the show and we're looking forward to hearing a lot about his wisdom and um looking forward to seeing what you can share with our students out there in the wilderness who are no doubt ready to go um in 2021 so kev welcome thank you for being on the show peter thank you so much it's just interesting uh seeing you retire this afternoon um yeah, it is a big day uh, for the Saints, but it's probably even bigger for, for these guys. But, um, yeah, good luck. Good luck with this evening. But um, we, we'll chat later, I think, um, about tonight's result. But, um, yeah, let's get on with it. Thanks, I'm looking, looking forward to it, Kev, and go the Saints. And um, I'm hoping for a, a great game. I'm sure it will be. Kev, just really quickly before we get into it with a lot of student questions, it's been a great journey so far and you've got a long time to come. Um, but uh, can you give us some insight into the journey you've had so far with Team Vic? Oh, look, Pete, it's um, every day, every year that we get the opportunity to, to represent uh, SSV and Team Vic is, is certainly a privilege. And we and uh, I, I know I probably speak on all staff members as well that get the opportunity to, to coach these um, very talented um, students of ours, that it is a, an incredible privilege and an honour. And it's it's the people that you meet along the, along the journey. And, you know, I've done this for 11 or 12 years now. And 
you know, the, the impeccable people and the administrators like yourself, Pete, uh, who do a great job and support us along the way is um, as a major part of, you know, why we do it. And that's why we play sport. We love the game, but the relationships and the lessons that you learn along the way is um, is incredible. So that's that's something that we take away every year. We learn something new every year. We meet somebody new because um, new coaches come and go, and that's from other states as well. And, you know, it's great to meet people from around the country and, you know, Absolutely legendary coaches like like Leanne Gill, who who looks after our girls program, and, and a quick shout out to um to that program and to to Ellie McKenzie, who was uh, number one draft pick in the in the women's AFL draft. You know that's just in, in, a wonderful achievement, the third in a row from an SSV um, graduate. So um, awesome job, Gilly. Um, keep up the great work, and um, it's a great advertisement that um, the SSV program is a, a great springboard into to moving forward with uh, future careers. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Cav. And um, look, for all of you out there listening today, this is a fantastic opportunity to listen in and and hear from the experts who are looking after these programs and driving um, athletes like yourselves who are ready to take that next step into state state finals and also into international championships and then moving on to the big time. Um, it was fantastic to see some of our alumni now heading into the FLW system. So, um, And of course, yourself, Sean, driving many of the boys through as well. Um, we're going to introduce our very first guest live on the show. She's going to come straight in. She's uh, Taylor from Laylaw Secondary College. Welcome, Taylor. Hi. G'day, Taylor. How are you? I'm good. Fantastic. What question have you got for Sean today, Taylor? Go for it. Um, what could like lead me into the right path to becoming um, a professional football player? Well, Taylor, as I, as I just mentioned, um, the SSV program is just a, a wonderful spring. But while we're not together for a long time, it's that incredible learning experience and that educational experience as well. You not only get to meet um, some great teammates and coaches, but you'll get to meet other players from other states, get ideas where maybe some areas that you might need to improve and where you're going really well at. And that gives you an idea of, you know, areas that you can really focus on moving forward with, with your development, questions you can ask your coaches and take your game to a whole new level. Because I know a lot of our teams, we come back and we almost slide straight into their junior finals and they're bursting out of their skin because they've just learnt so much in that in that experience. So I think it's a great springboard. So any time you can have a crack at an SSV team, give it a go. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks for being part of our show today. Um, we've had many, many questions come in from um, students across Victoria and wanting to know a little bit more. Charlotte's one of those from Our Lady of Mercy College in Heidelberg. She, her question, Sean, is can you explain how she can qualify for a Team Vic Australian football team? Now, Charlotte, um, one of the main things to look out for come uh, the 1st of December is the SSV website. Now, especially with the uh, the secondary program, so our under-15, under-14 programs, it's very much you, you self-nominate. So you jump online um, and get recommended and signed off by your school and by your principal or your PE coordinator, and then you'll receive all the details for um, upcoming trials. So that all kickstarts 1st of December, as it has for many years, and I know with the boys' programs, we'll be trialling through the first-term holiday. So it's being available to trial for that. Um, and likewise with the primaries, it's a little bit different because we, uh, I think each primary school can nominate four individuals per sport, boys and girls. So you'll uh, certainly um, speak to your PE coordinator and your principal about the opportunities um, leading into 2021. 
Fantastic, Sean. And also wanted to acknowledge that uh, Allegria from Serpil Primary School asked the same question. So I'm hoping that we addressed your question there, Allegria. All righty, we're going to move on to our second live guest on the show. Um, we're going to have Tommy from Melbourne Grammar School join us. Tommy, welcome, mate. G'day. G'day, Tommy. Um, so, yeah, my question is, how are you going to select people to trial given that there's been no footy this year? Or is it just from the schools? Um like selection. Yeah, so Tommy, um, so as we mentioned, especially uh, what year are you in, Tommy? Oh, year eight. Year eight. So year eight, you can get online with your folks and nominate yourself, okay? Yeah. The whole process will be very, very similar. And I know it's a really interesting. I was talking with Peter um, before we came on, and you, ha you have a think about it. Some junior players, in particular in Metro Melbourne, haven't played since August 2019, the end of that junior season. So we're not going to be trialling until April 2021. So that's close on 18 months. So we know that it's going to be take a little bit to get back into the swing of footy. But if you can just keep working on your fitness and getting a ball in your hands and kicking with mates, and when these restrictions are lifted, you know, we can really start to pick up the pace in regard to um, our touch and, you know, getting back into our, our footy brain and getting that rolling again for us for, for those trials. So certainly yeah. your, um, yeah, your sports coordinator, at school, and they'll push you in the right direction. And real, we can't wait. We, we're expecting big numbers because obviously this year nobody got to trial. So um, look forward to seeing your name on the list, Tommy. Yeah, can't wait. Good boy. Stay up. Thanks, buddy. Beautiful. Thanks, Tommy, for being on the show. Kev, can you just remind us just really quickly, Riley from Kerry Baptist Grammar, he just wanted to be sure of the key dates for trials or at least the key dates that he needs to be aware of. Yeah, so for the for the boys program, I can't speak on behalf of the other programs because um, each uh, each team sort of moulds their their program and dates. But our dates, as I said, first of, first of December nominations start, and our trials will be through the term one holidays. There'll be four venues. Uh, you nominate which venue is most appropriate for you. So we're making it as easy as we possibly can. We have. Um, reg four regions, including a country region. So if you're from country Victoria, um, we believe we'll target Ballarat again this year. So if you are close in proximity, it's easier for you to get to Ballarat from whichever part of the state. You come to stage one, and if you are successful in getting through to stage two, they are a couple of weeks after that. Beautiful. Thanks, Sean. And for all of you out there, just remember, 1st December, your key date, you must put that in your diaries. Have a look at the SSC website. We'll have all the details for you there on that date. So Sam from Cornfield Grammar School also had the similar question. So thanks, Sam, for sending your question in. Now, we're going to go back to uh, Will from St. Patrick's College in Ballarat. Um, he had an interesting question, Sean, with the NAB age groups going up a year in 2020. What's, what's SSV and how is that going to work with the Team Vic age groups going back to 15 years and under? How, how does that all look at the moment? There's been a bit of movement in that space. Can you give us an update? Yeah, good question, Will. I think I've met you before, Will, and I think I know what your surname is, young man. Um, great. Thank you so much for sending the question in. It is an interesting space at the moment. It's certainly something where the wheels are turning. Um, as people may be aware, um, the NAB Cup... Uh, Yes, the NAB Cup age groups have changed to 17s and 19s and, and there's just a process to be in place whether we'll return and remain as a 15s program. That's all up in the air, of course. Um, that's up to the AFL, their heads of development and obviously the state sporting bodies as well. So will it be a watch this space? And, um, yeah, when we know, you guys will know as well. So, But, um, yeah, it's certainly in the process. But we'll wait and see. And it's got to be suitable for all states, which is fair enough. Beautiful. 
Thanks, Sean. All right, well, we're going to move on to a little, change a little bit of tack here. Uh, we've spoken a bit about trials and the way you qualify and, and that sort of a thing. So hopefully that a lot of people have taken some key messages from that. But I've had a lot of questions from, from people out there knowing what it takes. You know, for, for someone like me, if I was back in high school, what does it take for me to be involved in a team like yours, Sean, and, and how do I do it? So um, the first question we came in was from Kojo Derek out there at St Catherine's Primary School. He's got a really interesting one. It's pretty broad, but... I think it's a really, really good good question. What do I need to do to become a top athlete? Well, obviously, obviously we need you need that passion, that passion and, and willingness to do the hard work because especially at our at the junior age groups, we have our early developers, you know, those really big kids who seem to be dominating our athletics and our footy and our soccer and our basketball, et cetera. But as things grow, as things happen through junior sport, you know, Young bodies grow at different times and our skills develop at different times. So it's all about continuing to put in that groundwork, your fundamental skills, knowing your game really well and being flexible. In, and I'll touch on this again later, being flexible in the positions you're willing to play. So really work hard on your fundamentals, get really, really strong at those and you'll find your niche, you'll find your, your spot and then you can really blossom from there. But it's, yeah, it's hard work and, and setting some goals for yourself as well. Beautiful. No worries. Thank you, Sean. Um, our third guest is ready to come live on the show. Um, I'm just going to, um, as our producer, Raf, in behind the scenes, he's going to pop uh, pop Malik on. But uh, in the meantime, we've just just a reminder that uh, for those of you who are out there, but they may not be players, but um, could be officiating on the on the on the field, umpiring as well. This is certainly a pathway that's applicable to you as well. So this pathway not only applies to boys and girls on the field it also applies to boys and girls who are wishing to umpire the game which is a great way to get involved um and so certainly check out the website on the first of december for all of that information as well a great opportunity to be involved and umpire at a national level we've got malik from scotch college ready to go welcome malik malik we got you there mate Oh, he's dropped out. Oh, he's dropped out. That's, uh, that's the, the modern way at the minute. Um, look, I'll, uh, what I'll do is um, we're going to jump to um, Malik's question, actually. Uh, what does it take? So we spoke about before taking a top athlete, but what does it take to become an elite AFL player? Well, having seen, you know, we've had um, now, we've been lucky enough to have around 60 boys through our program in the last, and that's probably up until 2016, to, to reach that highest level, to be drafted. But then it's obviously the next stage is to is to make your debut and make a career of it. Um, but, yeah, what it, what it takes is, is the ability to listen, to take feedback from your coaches, to take advice from coaches and to do those extras to, all right, what hard work am I prepared to put in? You know, and, and there's that nice balance between your fitness and your skills, but likewise having an understanding of what team play is all about as well. Bringing teammates into games, making your teammates better. Um, it's a really important um, element that a good player, it's not about them, it's about how they make the players around them even better. So, yeah, keep on working on all those areas, in particular at this age group, keep working on those fundamental skills. Sure thing. So you would say that they're probably the, mo the, the key elements or attributes that the people would need to, you know, continue to develop in their time? Absolutely, absolutely. And if we can be, continue in those younger years with our kicking, our marking, our handball, our ground balls, that's going to all go well when the pace of the game starts to increase, the pressure increases, the bodies get bigger, the strategies and structures start to come into games 
um, when you're a little bit older. So having that fundamental basis and foundation is just really, really important to give you a really good foundation to take you as far as you can possibly go, whether that be local footy or VFL footy or you ultimately get to the um, to the top level. Uh, really interesting insights there. Thank you, Sean. Let's tap on the questions. I'm just going to acknowledge those who did ask that question. Levi from Brighton Grammar. We had Cooper from St. Patrick's College in Ballarat as well. James from St. Mary Primary School and Malachi from uh, St. Joseph's in Geelong. Having a look at the key things that want in an athlete that they want to use to then drive forward. So I hope you, hope you got something out of that, guys. Um, I want to move to a question from Angus at Bayswater South Primary School. Now, this is getting a little bit technical, but I like this. What things do I need to closely manage on a daily basis to remain at elite levels in a physical sense? Well, Angus, probably some of the most important things, you'll hear this from your parents all the time, is get lots of sleep and eat well. So in having that real balance between your schoolwork, your sports training, those little bit of extras you can do outside of training. But of course, if you don't have the fuel to do it, you it's, it's really tough to get yourself up time and time and time again. So we look at that consistency of performance. It's all about, yeah, eating well, sleeping well, having that real balance in your life, learning a little bit more about time management. And as I've said before, um, getting that feedback from, it doesn't even have to be a coach, but from a critical friend. It might be a PE teacher. It might be a coach. It might be an older friend or an older brother or sister that can just keep pushing you in the right direction. And, and just identifying sometimes, all right, I'm really good at this, but I want to get better at this. So I'm having a bit of a list, all right? I'm great at this, but these are some areas that I want to focus on. And you can do that anytime. A ball in your hand all the time is really going to be beneficial for you. All right, Kev. Um, so I've signed up on the 1st of December. I've checked out the website. I've uh, nominated myself for a trial. I get to trial day. I put on a trial jumper. I've mean, got the whole experience. It's all happening. What next? So Lenny's asked a question from St. Jude's Primary School. He wants to know what recruiters are looking for on that day. What are they looking for in a player when, when, when you're scouting or when you're looking for your team? And how, what are the key things that you're looking for when they're out in the field there and how does he get noticed? Well, those days it's, it is a bit of a blur sometimes, especially for the kids because you're just wanting to do your best and get involved as much as you can. And how we do it in the, in the 15s is that through the course of that match, you'll get to play through every line. You'll play in defence, you'll play midfield, you'll play forward. And then, as we see later in the game, we might put you somewhere else where we want to see a little bit more of you. So the ability to stay involved in the game and to show that you're willing to play in any position. And it's interesting when we have, um, I think we had just over four, just under 400 boys nominate for this year's trials. And I broke those down because when you nominate, the, the players are able to put their four preferences, four preferred positions. And I ask the questions at every trial, where do you think everybody wants to play? And 90% of our first preferences was, I want to play in the midfield. And sometimes you see somebody get a bit down the dumps when they start in the back pocket. And what I explain to these players is that, guess what? I need two back pockets. Who wants to play for Victoria now? Yep, I'll have a crack at that. So it's that willingness to take on a new challenge, to show flexibility and be coachable, and that's a really important thing. And if you can have some influence on that day and show show us that you can play a defensive side of your game plus offense, well, the offensive side is a very attractive, very attractive part of the game. But if you can't defend, we're trying to pick a team that's going to represent Victoria in a championship, and we only have a very short time to do that. So if you're able to show us those offensive and defensive skills and show us that you're thinking about the game, that's going to go a long way for, from um, 
stage one to getting through to stage two, where we have a smaller group and we look at you again. All right. So taking that on board that and anyone who's listening today who comes to the trials, you'll hear that exact speech. You know, who wants to have a crack at this spot? And we've had very a lot of really good midfielders play in the back line. And guess what? As the week's gone on, they've got their chance. They've got their opportunity to show showcase their midfield skills. But they've also played the role for the team. Great insights. Look, I've just got a quick question here on YouTube that I'm just going to jump to, but uh, in about 30 seconds, Kev, can you just explain just really quickly what does happen at a trial? How do you structure it? What does the day look like? Yeah, so we arrive for the trial, so lots of parents, lots of kids, lots of nervous faces and um, awkward standing in different places. And You'll see little groups come together from leagues or schools that, um, that you've played with. And what will happen is that um, you'll get addressed by myself um, by our assistant coach Duncan Island, Craig Kelly, our team manager, and we'll explain the whole process. We'll go from the very first step, welcome you in, register you in, we'll receive your paperwork, and we've already put you into your teams. And traditionally, with numbers, there'll be pro- most likely four, four to five teams playing on that particular day. And you'll be given a, t- a time when to enter the rooms, you'll be registered, etc., checked off, making sure that your number on your back matches to your name. So we know who we're looking at. We make sure it's the right person. Then you'll get your opportunity, obviously, to get out there and do your very best across the course of that game. Playing all three lines, okay, midfield, back line and forward line. You might have a bit of time on the bench, rotate through the bench, but we'll give everybody as much, as close as we possibly can to even time um, through the course of the day. And then... Uh, at the end of that process, the end of the April school holidays, we'll put a list out for stage two, which is usually approximately, depending on numbers, um, nominated around 90 players to come through to stage two and um, have another go at it in a few weeks after that. Well, there you have it, guys. Uh, the key message I took out of that was just be adaptable and go in with a very big open mind and um, try your best. Give it your best, of course, but be adaptable. You never know where you might shine on the field. Heidi from Berwick College also asked a similar question, so thanks, Heidi, for your input today. We're going to welcome our fourth guest on the show. He's live from, he might not be at school, but Carnegie Primary School. It's Eric. Welcome, Eric, to the show. Hi. G'day, Eric. We can't quite see you, buddy. I don't know. My camera's not working. But anyway. Go for it. Um, so my question is, what standards do you expect of a midfielder? So uh, uh, when we look at a midfielder, we're looking at there's different characteristics to a midfielder. When we're building a team, we're looking at, and we do a, like a almost a breakdown on having um, different types. So we have smalls and mids and talls, and we make sure that we've got an even balance of players across a squad. And our midfielders, we're looking for who has the ability to show that defensive aspect at stoppages, who can really spread well from a stoppage in that offensive mindset. Um, can they really, um, can they work between the lines? What's the, what's their work ethic like? Do we have one effort and then we're, we can't quite get to the next contest? So it's all about staying involved in the game and having an influence, Eric, an influence on the contest, especially during a trial. If you can influence the way that trial is going, you've got a really good opportunity to move through to the next stage. Because when you think about it, Eric, um, if you have 20 touches in a game, you probably only have the ball in your hand for a second each possession. So break that down. You don't have very long, 20 seconds to a minute to influence that game. Does that make sense? So yeah. what you do with the ball, how efficient are you with it? What's your decision-making like? So 
there are different um, attributes that different teams look for in midfielders, and we certainly look like to look for that blend. Smaller bodies, some taller, bigger body midfielders, which can play in multiple positions, but obviously the ability to influence a contest is, is really important and stay involved. Yeah, okay, thanks. Thanks, Eric. Eric, just before you oh, – he's gone already. That's okay. No worries. All right. Oh, he's back. Raf's got him back. That's okay. Thank you, Raf. Um, Eric, just before you go, mate, who do you support in the footy? Um, Richmond. Well done, Eric. Um, just put a star next to your name when you come to trials, okay? And, um, you know, <laughs> as a Tiger supporter, outstanding, Eric. You can stay in line, I think. <laughs> he might be a permanent fixture on the show. <laughs> Uh, but no, thank you, Eric. Oh, well, good luck tonight, mate. I hope uh, I hope the team plays well. Not too well, but I hope the team plays well. Um, on, thanks, Eric. Thanks for joining us today on the show. Bye. All righty. So we're going to move to uh, a little bit of uh, topic on skills and drills. And uh, we all know that uh, we've we've been stuck inside, and it's been a challenging time for everyone in Victoria. Um, but quite a few students out there are looking to further develop over the summer. Um, they, they include Lucas from Geelong College, Emma from Port Melbourne Primary School, Luke from St Bernadette's and Max from Stella Marie Catholic Primary School. Basically their questions are wanting to know what's the most important thing you would recommend as a skill or a drill to continue to develop over summer? Oh, now, guys, when now that our, the restrictions are hopefully are lifting a little bit more and we can see a few more people around, I would be just really encouraging you to get down to the park with a friend, with, with mum or dad, an older brother or sister, because we, we can get out there now for those couple of hours. and Just continue to work on a variety of skills. Work on your kicking, work on your marking, high balls, low balls, ground balls, anything that you can sim um, simulate some game-style situations. Knock the ball under the ground, collect it, square up to your target. All those fundamentals that we can do almost just with yourself and a friend. Okay, I think that's really important that you keep those skills up, kick it high above your head, take those overhead marks above your head, work on your chest marks, etc. They're all things that you can do on your own. And when we can get back into smaller groups, when training can restart, you're ahead of the pack. You're not going to be rusty because you've had so much overload with the ball in your hand. So a lot of just fun stuff you can do um, on your own or with a friend. Really encourage everybody to start now, being October, and we can really fast track our way through the Christmas holidays. Take it with you, um, you know, wherever, you, wherever we're allowed to go during the break um, at Christmas time. So when um, footy training starts in February or March, um, you're ahead of the rest. So do what you can, and it's that determination to be um, self-directed and really um, think about all right, where do I want? If I really want to be full on with my footy, I've got to keep working hard. We don't really get any time off. Okay, it's a time to test yourself and how committed you are. So, yeah, keep that ball in your hand, have a kick with a friend. It's it's really valuable. Kev Archer from Aspendale Gardens Primary School had a really interesting one. How important is it to be able to kick on your opposite foot or your non-preferred? Now, I have heard this one um, a little bit, and, and I've got a, a really good strategy, I think, is that if you're having a kick at school pretty much every day, you think about recess and lunchtime every day, if you've got a footy in your hand, how about, Archer, just kick on your left foot, or if you're a right footer, kick on your left foot just at school. So if you're playing markers up, whatever it might be, and you're kicking with mate, just practice on your opposite side. Who cares if you muck it up? All right, but all of a sudden you're going to have two training sessions a day before footy training even starts again every day, and you might get 30 kicks. All of a sudden we multiply that. There's 60 kicks a day, 300 kicks a week. That's, that's a lot of practice. And all of a sudden, you won't even know. You'll think, wow, 
I'm actually going all right here. So I really encourage anyone who's keen to work on the opposite side of their body. You look at all the great players, they can get themselves out of trouble. So that's a really good skill to have and a very attractive skill set for recruiters as well because it opens up the other half of the ground as well without getting caught rolling onto your right side or your left side every time and being predictable. That's a really good strategy, Kev. I mean, sometimes when I've tried to kick the ball with, on my left footer, but sometimes I try to kick it with my right foot, it's just, it just doesn't work. But um, I can see Emma Dan's got something out of them. So thanks, Emma, for joining us on the show. Um, but so that's a really good strategy, just to integrate it into your normal sort of kick-to-kick -kick and all that sort of thing. That's really, really good. I love that. All righty, we're going to move to our fifth guest on the show today. It's Daisy from St. Bridget's College. Daisy, welcome. Hello. Hey, Daisy. Um, so what is the pathway for people like me or, who are top age and have missed out on team fit due to COVID and what training should I be doing at home to prepare? You know what, Daisy, the, the beauty of especially the AFL Vic pathways is that um, someone's always watching. Someone's always going to be watching your school footy and your local footy and everybody, unfortunately, this year is in a similar boat to you, all right, boys and girls. So never for one moment think, Oh, my opportunity is over. That's just one team. Your next objective is let's get out there, keep working on those skills. Like I mentioned before, get out in the park, keep that foot in your hands, work on your left side, work on your right side, you're marking your handball, your ground balls. So then when training does get back, however it may look, you're ready to go. And then you've got league opportunities, you know, representative opportunities and more school opportunities, et cetera. And those, those doors will open up for you, I'm sure. Okay, because there's lots of people out there looking. Your school's putting up a good word for you, your coaches and your club, and then, of course, your NAB, the NAB club um, uh, talent officers, they're out there watching and, and listening and taking lists and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure opportunities will come your way. Don't be down that you missed out on this year because everyone was in the same boat. Nobody got to play this year. Nobody in any state got to play this year um, at state level. So... Um, yeah, keep your chin up and just keep working on your skills and whatever's opportunities next, grab a hold of it and just do your very best. Thank you. Thanks, Daisy. Thanks, Daisy. Thanks very much for joining. Great question. Um, it's a tough time out there for a lot of people um, to recognise that sport and community sport, particularly here in Victoria, is, uh, is not around at the moment. But we're looking forward to all getting back on the field. There's no doubt about that. Um, look, just a few questions, Kev, in relating to uh, your, your training. Um, Charlie from Mitcham Primary School, he, he wants to know, if he's lucky enough to make the team, how often do you train? So with our team, as I, as I mentioned earlier, we don't get a lot of time together. So post the trial process, so we'll see you during stage one once, hopefully see you twice during stage two if you're lucky enough to make the squad. We have a camp in the term two holidays. We have three full days together where um, country students will stay up in Melbourne, um, ideally um, with family or friends um, or in accommodation with their family. We have three full-on days. We, we go from probably nine till four every day. We do a lot of classroom work and structures and strategies and we train together and then we play a practice match on our, the Wednesday and the Thursday, and then we incorporate our jumper presentation and team photo, etc. And then that's it. Then the next time we see you is at the airport. So really, we we get a lot done through the education process, through our trials, and then we get a lot done and um, establishing some team um, 
morale and getting to know each other through our camp. So, yeah, it's not a massive commitment in that regard because time is very limited and you've got club footy and school footy and uh, lots of travel. So we try to be as, as kind as we possibly can be but get as much done as we can during our camp as well. Yeah, I love that, Kev. I think that's really good. Hugo from Malvern Primary School also asked the same question about how much training you did, but that little state training block in, in the Term 3 holidays is really critical for you guys to work on that. A bit of an intensive learning session, I suppose. Uh, it's nice to be able to get it all done in one little bit and you have continuity between a couple of days, so I think that's a great way of doing it. Um, Harvey from Princess Hill Primary School, he's, he's 12. He's 12-year-old. 12 he's aiming to make a state team. How much training should he be doing each week and what sort of training should he be doing? Yeah, good question. But I think at that under 12 age group, it's just really embrace your club training. But obviously, keep working on when you can, all those little extra times when you can get outside and just do those little bit of extras. Make a list of what I want to be really good at. I want to improve my kicking. Do some more kicking, okay? Might be just go for a jog. Do, do those little bit of extras which others might not be doing because, oh, it's not footy training time. Be really self-driven to, to do that little bit extra for yourself, you know, bouncing with your left hand, bouncing with your right hand. You might have a little backyard, so you might just do some things that you can do. Um, but always, you know, reach out to your coaches as well. Reach out to, you know, your team managers and your assistant coach or some senior players at your club, people you admire. Um, what are some of the traits? What are some of the skill sets that, that they have? Um, yeah, I want, I want to work towards that. Set yourself those goals that are achievable um, and reachable in, in particular time and, you know, make sure that um, you work towards those and then you can refine those again um, during that training process. All righty, we're going to introduce our next guest on the show. I think it's Alaya from Mornington Secondary College. Apologies if I've got that incorrect, but Alaya from Mornington Secondary. She's going to join us in a second. Ah, she's just frozen. I've just been told by the people backstage. That's okay. All righty. Um, we're going to touch on that in a second. Um, we'll, we'll bring her back in if we can. Just going to move to the next question. Rosario from St. Paul's Emanuel College in Altona North. Great question. There's skills and then there's fitness. How much should you focus on one or the other? Really important to get that really good balance. And I know when you enter um, the NAB pathways and you're working with clubs, it becomes a real priority to, to have your fitness and especially working through your core, making sure that you are strong enough to, to um, encounter the, the rigours of the game, okay? And, and not doing it before your time either because we're, we're all growing at different times and it's to look after your body. But that sleep, to eat well, just to, to live a healthy um, uh, existence as, as a young person playing lots of sport because... At, at that age, you know, a lot of us are playing basketball and athletics and, and footy and maybe do a bit of soccer and lots of opportunities. And, and I think that's really important because we can draw on the skill sets from all those sports, which will make you a very well-rounded athlete. So, yeah, looking at having that balance in your week, okay, because you've got schoolwork to do as well and making sure that that's your priority and your family is important, um, that you're spending time with them. And when you can, address those those goals of yours, all right? I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to get to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock. I've hydrated well. I might get up early, have a good breakfast, get through the day, sets me up for a quality training session that afternoon. And, of course, you know, use that, that extra time when you can to, to work on those skills uh, in isolation, you know, um, especially at the moment, just working in the backyard, working with a, with, with a, that one friend or, or mum or dad or, or a relative. 
Well, that really segues quite well into, into the next couple of questions from Noah from Coburg North Primary School and Zach from Mount Ridley College. Essentially, their questions, Noah asked how much non-footy training should a 12-year-old be doing? You know, we, we speak a lot about work, working with the footy, but also there's obviously, uh, you see it with the professionals, of course, uh, the, the work in the gym and, and running and, and multi, multi-stage sort of fitness type activities like boxing is, is one, I suppose. Um, and also, Zach from Mount Ridley uh, spoke about the fact that other sports or activities that would help with footy you know, away from the footy what are some things that really stand out that they can develop you know as a 12 or 14 year old yeah the opportunity especially at, at inner school sport at school when all those different opportunities open up in you know your, your district events you know your basketball and your athletics and your netball the ability to work in tight spaces to make really good decisions all those sports cater just fantastically well for footy. Footy's just on a obviously on a massive field. There's more contact coming, but you've got to make good decisions under pressure. So, yeah, I think um, Zach's question in regard to you know he plays footy and basketball and, and athletics. What a great combination because you've got, you're one you're working on fitness and power and endurance, but you're also making good decisions um, at split second. You know, in a different in, a different environment. We use someone like a, a Pendlebury from Collingwood, a brilliant, brilliant basketballer. And you can see time stands still when he's in traffic. That's all that basketball experience, you know, elite-level basketball before he even came back across to footy. When him and Paddy Mills swapped spots, Paddy Mills, you know, playing NBA, was won the medal as the best player for the Northern Territory in, the, in a carnival years ago. And meanwhile, Scotty Pendlebury was playing basketball. And look at that. They just swapped paths and became elite in both their sports. And it was very compatible, those skill sets. I think it's a great example. Um, Pendles will be out on the field on uh, on Saturday night, and for those of you who are going to watch the Geelong Collingwood game, but uh, that's that'll be fantastic to see him play. And, and you're right, Kev. Tom does stand still when he's got the ball. It's fantastic yeah. to see his, to, to see his skills. All righty, we're going to move now. Alaya from Mornington Secondary College has rejoined us. She's Hi. here. She's here. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, Alaya. Hi. Okay, so my question is, um, what effect will COVID have on the way you plan your training sessions? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. So we'll we'll wait just like your coaches will and all the state um, bodies when they return to, to play and return to train. We've got to make sure that we're doing all the right things according to what the government um, recommends, being COVID safe, um, making sure I, I can see we'll be training in little groups maybe for less often. Um, so we won't be having our big group sessions until we, you know, it's safe to do so. And that's totally and fully understandable. Even at professional level, the AFL have had to do it even in their hubs. You know, they've had to separate themselves away from the community and only work in small groups. So it'll it'll be um, have an effect, but that's what the creativity of coaches needs to, to come to the fore with that. How are we going to make it as effective and influential as we can? And it's going to be an interesting one for our Victorians because, you know, we, we haven't played in almost 18 months and that's across all sports. So it's one about getting our fitness back and doing those little things while we're not with our clubs or with our, our big school groups. You know, how driven are we to, um, to get fitter? So when we can come back, we're not going to be too far behind. So I think for SSV teams across all sports, it's going to be a real challenge for us next year. It really is, you know. Traditionally, we do exceptionally well in these national championships, but we're coming from a fair way back. So that's that's, a, that's something for the coaches to be creative um, and really work hard on getting all our students and our players back to a level where we're going to be competitive um, because we'll, we'll be rusty. There's no doubt about it. But um, that's another exciting opportunity and it's a challenge. And that, that can be one of our goals um, for staff and coaches um, across the board, community level, state level, 
um, elite level, how are we going to roll this out and how are we going to make it look? So, yeah, really great question. So, yeah, to put it in short, um, we'll wait and see. Wait and see what we're allowed to do. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Aliyah. Thanks for joining us on the show. All righty. Well, we're going to move a little bit to uh, – we often speak about the word pathway, Cav, and, and we've spoken a little bit about the pathway with Team Vic and the general pathway anyway. Ryan from McKinnon Secondary has got an interesting one. Um, can you still play AFL if you don't get drafted in the national draft? Uh, a really great question. I think we've seen a real shift in that over the, over the past few years where players that originally have been ignored a few times uh, have kept persisting. They've gone back to their state league. Um, I use Kane Lambert and Michael Gibbons, for example. Okay, Kane Lambert's played in two premierships for the Tigers, was ignored for lots and lots of drafts, got his opportunity. Michael Gibbons, I think it was six or seven drafts he missed, but now he's, he's on Carlton's list. So there's, there's always an opportunity. We're getting a lot of athletes from other sports as well. Um, there are rookie lists um, and different gradings in regard to that. I know the Tigers in the AFL have picked up a basketballer. He's barely played any footy, so he's going to come over as a rookie. So those cross-code athletes, um, most definitely, um, if there's a need at that particular club and if they, they show that potential to, to fill something that that club needs, absolutely. To keep persisting, the hard work will pay off. Okay, and, and you'll reap what you sow. It's a bit of a saying. It's a bit of a, a dad saying, but you work really hard and, and, you know, you get the rewards at, at, at a particular level. So be it at local footy, it might be your level. State footy or AFL footy, just just keep working and um, aim, aim high. Beautiful. I uh, hope our audience out there are still going very well. Xavier, how you've been absolutely legendary on the chat, mate. Thank you for all your suggestions and questions. And uh, Brody Majek, another another superb example there. So thank you for your yeah, input well. out there. Um, really loving the engagement. Um, two things I've taken out of it so far. We've got a only, only a few minutes left, but uh, a couple of things I've taken out of it. One, December is your key date for all of you out there. Make sure you check the SSV website on the 1st of December. So that's all the boys, 15 years and under boys, uh, 15 years under girls and the umpiring. Make sure all you umpires out there who are aspiring to umpire at national level, the opportunity is here for you as well. And the second thing I've taken from Cav so far, we've learned so much from him, is certainly be adaptable and have your mind open to a lot of different things. There's plenty out there um, and see how you go. You never know where you might end up. We're gonna, we've got some really, we had an amazing amount of questions and thanks to all of you who have submitted it to us throughout the week. Um, We've had some absolutely fantastic ones. Xavier from Footscray High, love this, very aspirational. How do you achieve consistency in performance? A consistent performance is just, yeah, I think it's so important to have that, that balance in your, in your life. So we're not having those, those peaks and troughs. We, we want to try and level out how we're performing and how we're feeling and what's our well-being leading up to particular games. So we don't want to have... And it, we, we do see this through the trial process as well. We might see somebody have a, an amazing first quarter and then go missing. Because, oh, are that, do they really have it? Um, we make sure that we've got that, um, that breadth of ability, so the ability and the willingness to play and read the game as well. Not only can I, as I've mentioned earlier, play an offensive and, and defense or midfield, but I can start to read the game and I can start to, to have an influence on the game. So it, it's it is it's tough, it, you know. And sport, footy in particular, it's a tough sport. It's a really tough sport, and there can be times when you're caught out and you're caught in a position, or 
you may be playing in a team the ball simply just doesn't go down your end. It's pretty hard to be seen when it's it's not down your end of the ground. But so having that opportunity, take make the most of your opportunity um, and understand what what the game is all about. Understand your position. Understand how to get to more contests. Understand where to start. Understand where where do I where should I finish? How can I read the cues of what's going on in the ground up ahead? Am I one step ahead of um, my opponent? So it's all about listening, learning, asking questions, taking feedback, and the, your game slowly evolves. And it won't happen straight away. It, it takes a long, long, long time. Um, and as you, as you develop as a, an athlete, um, it might be later. It might be later in your teenage years or you might even make it to your 20s, as we mentioned with some of those um, late draftees. It just might take time. But, um, yeah, keep persisting. Tick all the boxes. Have your goals set in place and um, see how far it can take you. Xavier, I hope you got plenty out of that. Look, I just wanted to correct myself. I uh, spoke to something before, just about the 15 years and under age groups, guys. At the time, at this current point in time, the age groups are 14 years and under. I just wanted to correct myself there. I'm stuck in the stuck in the past. Um, but uh, as I said, 1st of December is your um, port of call. Make sure you check the SSV website about all the different age groups, eligibility, all the rest of it. So just wanted to... Um, make that clear that it is 14 years and under age groups. Apologies. Um, Katie Doherty from St Thomas the Apostle. Nah. <laughs> you might know of her. She might be online. Give a shout out in the chat bar if you're online, Katie. Uh, great question. I think Katie Doherty, you might just be in 56CK, my class. Outstanding, Katie. Hello. A big hello out there, Katie. She's got a great question. Do you have any suggestions on how to improve? my mental thinking and self-belief? Great question. Now, Katie, I don't know if I've used this one in a classroom setting before, but I, I do a lot of uh, watching of um, motivational um, speakers and et cetera. And um, there's one in particular, uh, Ben Crow, and he, he's an amazing presenter, and he talks about the ability to, to be vulnerable and understand when things, you know, aren't going as well for you, but identify them and, um, and address them. And, and one of his stories, and he, he mentored um, Ash Barty, and one of the stories he tells is that Ash Barty um, was a pretty good junior. She played, she played big bash cricket and she was going okay in her tennis and she wanted to change her, her mindset. And, you know, and there's, to cut a long story short, she set herself some goals leading into the French Open. And um, her goal was she aimed to, to beat someone in the top 20. That was her goal. That was her goal for the French Open. And when she did that, when she entered the round of 16, she'd beaten someone in the top 20. Tick. She realigned her goals again. Hang on, I can now manoeuvre my goals. Her next one was, okay, I want to beat someone in the top 10. She did that. And what do you know? She made the final. And then through her own self-belief and her goal setting and those small steps to achieve something that she always wanted to achieve, she won the French Open. And guess what? Not only is she a Tiger supporter, but she's number one in the world. So she was able to long-range her goals. And as she met those goals, even before time, she was able to re-establish new goals and believe in herself that she can do this and then take the next step to being an even better athlete, which, which she's done, which is just outstanding. So she's a great inspiration, Ash Barty, in the tennis sense. And he even saw her, how, how real she is. She was at the footy the other night. She didn't go to the French Open um, due to the COVID situation. She was up there cheering on the Tigers um, and having a great time. And she's a real person, very down to earth. And um, so being able to set those goals for yourself, realign, readjust them um, and, and move forward every step of the way is a, is a way to, you know, really develop 
the way you think about how you prepare yourself and believe in yourself that you can achieve anything. Good on you, Katie. Great question, Katie, and all of um, 5, 6 CK at St Thomas's. I think that most of them are in this chat box, I think. so. <laughs> Love it. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of banter once you get back in the classroom, Kev. Um, I'm going to move to Lockie from... Oh, no, we've just got a question here. Can you be selected for more than one sport for Team Vic? Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's pretty regular, um, actually. It's, it's happened a few times, but obviously we do have the issue that a lot of the trials are run at the same time. So there is a point in time, obviously, if you're lucky enough and they don't clash and you can attend them and you're successful, fantastic performance. I know um, I've had a couple of younger brothers of um, some players in my teams um, do that, play in um, basketball and um, and footy. Um, it's a big ask. It's a tough ask, obviously, and then you've got to cater for those trainings and the camps and uh, all those commitments, which are obviously um, vitally important to the preparation of the team. But, yeah, I, be I believe you still can. I don't think there's anything that says you cannot, but obviously um, you've got to make sure all those protocols and uh, requirements are ticked off for both both um, trials and sports. Yeah, you're spot on, Kev. Unfortunately, we don't have more than uh, more than 365 days in the year. So um, as long you can do both, you can do as many as you like, provided the trainings and championships and all that sort of thing don't clash. So um, that's that's essentially the answer. Um, we're going to move to Lockie's question. We've only got a few questions left, so thanks for all of you who are still with us. Um, we'll be wrapped up in about uh, five to ten minutes' time. But Lockie from Sacred Art Sandringham. He's a tall, lean, and athletic footy junior player with not much meat on his bones, as he's uh, as he's termed. What would you suggest that he works on in his game of footy? He's only under 12, and no matter how much he eats, yeah, he can't seem to beef up yet. He also plays representative basketball. We've spoken about how important that is. So he's got great hand-eye coordination and a big kicker, but not a tough tackler yet. So essentially, what can he do at his age to get a bit of muscle or to get a bit more strength in his game? Lockie, you, you sound like you've got all the attributes to be a real talent. Um, I wish I could could eat whatever I liked and didn't put beef on out my bones, Peter. Um, but yeah, so Lockie, you know you've got the you've got the advantage over many. You, you've you've developed early in regard to height, so you use that to your advantage. Become really dominant in the air. Really work hard on your marking and positioning, and getting separation from your opponent, and you can be very very influential in your teams. And that natural size will slowly develop as you get older. And I know in a lot of AFL and VFL circles that it's very common to hear it is that the big guys get a little bit longer to develop, okay? They slowly fill out because you'll see a lot of young draftees, they're real bean poles, and they're simply they're not quite ready um, because their body hasn't quite met its full capacity. So, um, yeah, keep your head up because tell you what, um, big guys don't get any smaller. You can be a real valuable commodity for your team and obviously keep on going with your other sports. So your decision-making with your basketball is going to go really, really well. When those, when everybody else does start to grow as well, things do level out. Um, so to have that skill set, um, yeah, don't be concerned right now because um, you've got a huge advantage at the moment. Work to work to those strengths and, um, and look forward to, yeah, what, what comes in the future with in regard to your footy with the attributes from other sports as well. Thanks, Kev. We've got two questions left. We'll fly through them before closing up today. But Izzy from Apollo Parkways Primary School, if you can't become an AFL player, what other jobs could I do in football? I suggest there's no one else more qualified to answer than you, Kev. 
Oh, easy. There are so many jobs. Like obviously, it's a it's a tough year for the industry at the moment. But as by the time you're uh, old enough to be to be moving into the industry, there's you know everything from coaches. I wasn't good enough to to make it as a player. I was a I was an okay junior. And it's interesting because I trialed for this SSV team twenty exactly twenty years before I became the coach of it. So I didn't even make it. So in the 20 years to think this is the team I wanted to be in and now I get to coach it and I've been involved with it for another 12 years after that. So there's the opportunities for administration, statistics, marketing, um, physio, medical, sports science, you name it. There are so many elements and exciting pathways to become involved in the AFL environment and um, in the landscape that you can, you can go in any direction. So, you know, work really hard at school. And if you're interested in the sports science field, get into that side of things. You know, you might be able to, to get in as, as start as a trainer at a local club, get a taste for it. If, um, if you don't make it as a player, you know, work really hard and, um, yeah, lots of opportunities open. And it's a, a, it's a wonderful environment to, to work in. You know, I work at the Bulldogs and it's just a spectacular place to work, as I'm sure all clubs are. Um, but the opportunities are certainly there. So, yeah, keep your eyes open, work hard and, um, yeah. The opportunities will come your way, and just like Peter as well. Peter working works. We're talking with now in sports administration as well. So SSV, there's government roles, etc. There's always an opportunity to work in um, a passion area, which is which for us is most definitely in the sporting area. Last question, Kev. It comes from Viv at Namurka Secondary College, and probably sums up our conversation really nicely. For for all of you still listening, thanks for joining us today on the Ask SSV show. It's what do you think is the most important aspect or element or anything? What's the most important thing in an Australian football player wanting to go all the way to the AFL level? Something that doesn't take a lot of effort, but it's vitally important. It's an element that I know my team, um, Duncan Island and, and Craig Kelly, we talk about a lot is to be coachable, to, to be able to take feedback and to, to not to think that it's my way or the highway. When it's a team environment, it's to think, yeah, I'll do what's best for the team and I'll play to the best of my ability. And as I mentioned earlier, make my teammates as good as they can possibly be as well. So the ability to listen, to take feedback, um, you know, and it could be, yep, you'll get your pats on the back when you do something great, but you've also got to take the feedback when something you did in that particular game or a decision that you made didn't quite go the way it should and you think, oh, there, there were other options and, and really expand your game and your vision and your understanding um, as best you possibly can. So I think, yeah, to be coachable um, generates a really good adult and then, you know, they become a really good person to work for as well and to work with um, because they become a team player. Kev. That helps, Viv. Uh, look, thank you so, so much to every single person who has not only tuned in today, but those of us who have joined in live on the show from their various households. For those of you who have submitted questions prior to today's show and might be watching it after our live event today, thank you so much for your input and all of you for asking your questions and getting as much wisdom from Sean as we have possibly been able to. Make sure you stay connected to all of School Sport Victoria's channels. Um, to seek all the latest information and its website. But on behalf of SSV and everyone who's joined in today, Kev, we so much appreciate your time uh, giving up an hour for us to learn a little bit more about the program and what you're looking for in the Team Vic Australian football program. We cannot thank you enough for, for being involved today. 
Peter, absolute pleasure to everybody. Yeah, please nominate. Let's get on board. Let's really make um, the SSB program powerful next year. We've had a year's rest. Let's really get into it because I know all the staff and across every sport, we're just, we can't wait to see everybody again. So get nominating by December the 1st. And it would be loath of me not to say um, a bit of a shout out. Sorry, Pete, to three little individuals in the room next to me, remote learning, to my kids, um, Georgia, Charlotte and Matthew. Um, they're in the next room next to me. So a big shout out to them as well. And um, good luck, everybody uh, returning to school on Monday as well. It'll be, it'll be great to see everybody back. Uh, once again, thanks, Kev. Thank you for your time. Thanks for giving us all a bit of insight into how the Team Vic Aussie football world works. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have got a lot out of that. Stay connected, guys. Thanks for joining us today on the Ask SSV show. There'll be more to come in the following Fridays. And most of all, hope you're staying safe, well, healthy, and look after yourselves and enjoy the finals of footy this weekend. Go, Saints. Go, Saints. <laughs> Go Saints.